Welcome to Three Films in a Podcast, the show where Destiny brought together three friends to enhance each other's cinematic journey by watching three new movies in a series of themed rounds. There is no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode, as all film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy! and welcome back to three films and a podcast my name is ben lawhorn and i am joined as always by tyler beck and matthew weiler for those new to the show welcome to the movie club for those returning welcome back to the movie club we are so happy to have you here you can find us everywhere online at three films pod so tell your friends your enemies your lovers everyone uh we, we appreciate the support and the involvement and yeah, you can go to the threefilmspod.com as well. We have some awesome merch there that Matt has designed and our Patreon. So uh, thank you so much for all of our patrons, for our support. We're just wrapping up a month um, that was actually nominated by one of our patrons. So this is a, this has been kind of fun, but we are joined today by the most special of guests to me, uh, the, the Dr. Frankenstein to my creature. Uh, we have we have here my dad uh, Leo Lawhorn. Dad, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the pod. We finally got you on season three. I'm I'm stoked you're here. We're talking about one of your favorites, so thank you so much for joining us. Leo. My very favorite. I'm yes. so excited to be here. Finally, it's about finally. time. <laughs> I know third season. I can't believe it. Actually, this was part, supposed to be part of the first season, but then That's I right. w- wimped out or something. I don't remember, <laughs> but well, I'm very excited to be here. I, I told, I was telling everybody I had to be here because we had to see where Ben got his good looks, you know? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, I should have yeah, saved yeah. that for, you know, not said that earlier, but um, yeah, I'm very glad <laughs> to be here. <laughs> I'm well, super excited to have you here. Yeah, same. Your your mom your great. mom's not going to see this, right? Ne- never mind. I mean, I don't um, think she's seen any of them, so <laughs> maybe she I won't start play, here. Who knows? Lauren, if you're listening, like and subscribe, please, mom. Yes. Please, <laughs> I've been asking for I years now. <laughs> yeah, this is t- truly one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'm very excited to be here. Cool. Yeah. Likewise. I, yeah, I can't yeah. wait. This is going to be fun. I think let's get on with the movie that we're all here to talk about. Um, season three, as we talked about, is here. We just wrapped up our round of movies so bad they're scary, uh, which was submitted by one of our patrons, <laughs> Andrew Pedersen. Um, and now we're on to our first little pot of the season, which I'm excited about. Uh, we usually try to switch it up with these. We've done movie drafts in the past, emergency recast, um, some auction drafts, things like that. But um, I think, you know, we're kind of going the opposite way of this last round because this movie was so good. It's uh, It's fantastic. Uh, where you're talking about Young Frankenstein, uh, the the Mel Brooks classic starring Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, Marty Feldman, Peter Boyle, Cloris Leachman, and Terry Garr, and an awesome little cameo from Gene Hackman, uh, which just mm-hmm. gets me every time. <laughs> I love it so much. I was about to make espresso. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Just their, their, their chemistry is fantastic. So, I mean, quite the cast. Uh, a really great movie. One of my first Mel Brooks, without a doubt, which we will get into later. Um, but yeah, Dad, I know you said this was one of your favorite movies of all time. I remember t- you tell me that, you know, when I was younger, um, got you a big old coffee table book just on the movie, yeah. which was awesome to to look through and read. So I know when you told me about it, I think that's when I checked it out for the first time. I don't think I had ever seen it or really even heard about it before you told me. So I saw mm-hmm. it and I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but I, you know, I want to hear your first experience with this movie. Like, what was it that made you fall in love with it? Did you fall in love with it right away or did it have to grow on you? I just, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the movie and your first experience with it. I actually saw it because I'd love the producers. I didn't see it in the theaters. I'd seen that on TV in February of 74 blazing saddles had come out Mm. and that was Mel Brooks. First, I think huge hit. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't remember. I don't remember how big. You know, I was too young to to see the producers in the theater or to remember that. But seventy four, Blazing Saddles was hilarious. I, and honestly, they couldn't make that movie today God, as no. they made it then. <laughs> yeah. Really, every everyone is so touchy now that they couldn't. But that movie was brilliant. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I'm laughing now just thinking about some of this stuff. But then that same year in December, Young Frankenstein came out. So I really wanted to get my dad to see this Mel Brooks because he loved comedy just as much, as much as I did. And, you know, my dad was in many ways my best friend growing up. Truly my best friend. I could talk to him about anything. And I really wanted to get him to go. And he just was like, ah, comedy. It's like, you know, it was December. He was like, ah, comedy. I don't, <laughs> you know, I, and finally I, I hit upon what would get him to go. I said, Gene Hackman is in it. Oh, Hackman? Gene Hackman's in it. Oh, okay. Nice. He, you know, he just won the Oscar a couple of years before for the French Connection. And my dad loved Gene Hackman. I said, yeah, yeah Gene Hackman said that. He said, okay, we'll go. And we went to this movie theater and we're watching the movie. And have you guys all seen the film now? Right? Yeah, yeah. Young Frankenstein? Yeah. 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 And you start roaring from the beginning. I mean, I, I've always loved Madeline Kahn. To mm -hmm. me, she's one of the most brilliant comedians we've ever had. I'm yours, all of me. What else can I say? My sweet love. The hair, the hair. Just been said. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Her timing oh, yeah. and all that. And I knew she had been studied opera in college. And that was what her degree was in. She, I mean, she was an opera singer. So when she does the big opera singing at the end, it was hilarious. I'm not going to give too much away. But we hope everybody that's seen this has seen the film. If they haven't, I don't want to give too much away. But, yeah. you know, and Kenneth Mars was brilliant in that, too. I, I keep thinking of the playing darts, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that character is so good. <laughs> it was just everybody was brilliant in that. But so we're watching the movie and it was New Year's Eve. And there was this drunk guy in the theater. <laughs> he was literally falling over the seats, oh, laughing man. so hard. <laughs> so we were laughing at the movie, but we were laughing at him. <laughs> that's, and that's awesome. We could we could not breathe because the movie was so funny. We were laughing so hard that we had to go back two weeks later to see the movie to really enjoy the movie. <laughs> Just see make sure that it laughing. was as much fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was. You know, it's one of those magic nights where. Just everybody in the theater was laughing and we were all laughing so hard. Part of it was that drunk guy that was making us laugh. <laughs> it was also the film that was so tightened down that every little nuance was there. You know, the roll, roll, rolling day, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all that stuff. You know, I had a, a, a really good friend that he and I could watch it on, on uh, CDs or videotape. And we would just throw the lines at each other all through the movie. Yeah, we, we were those people, the ones you hate to invite <laughs> over to watch a movie because we're laughing before the thing hit, you know, the line hit. But that was a memorable night. Man, so, I can't. I mean, we just talked about him, but I, I didn't realize these both came out in the same year. And, you know, I mean, that immediately makes me think of Spielberg with Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, like two very different films, you know, than these yeah. two. That both came Mind out in 93, but it's like, how often do directors put out arguably two of their best films ever in the same right. year, mm -hmm. let alone just two right. films in a year? But I mean, to put out Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, like that's, that's crazy that that was in the same calendar year. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah. Those are, I mean, arguably his two best movies, but there's awesome. something about yeah. a movie like this that is funny, like this movie and seeing it in a crowd like that and just mm -hmm the snowball effect of the laughter. I remember the yeah. experience I had like that was seeing Borat. I mean, wildly different movie than mm -hmm. young Frankenstein, but I don't know that I've ever been amongst a group of people that were laughing that hard and that consistently than with Borat. Yeah. And part of it was just because of you're, you're feeding off the rest of the crowd. Like things are funny, but then, you know, if, uh, someone else in the theater has a funny laugh or a drunk guy falls over the, <clears throat> or falls over the seat. And it just is like, this contagious infectious thing that happens to everyone. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really exactly. beautiful. I haven't had a moment like that in, in a while. Um, it, mostly it due to not being in theaters as much recently, but um, it's really cool. Um, so anyone that's listened to the podcast for any length of time is probably heard me talk about my grandfather at some point. And sort of mm -hmm. like you had an experience with your, with your father, Leo. Um, my grandfather was the one that showed me a lot of these movies. Um, uh, this one in particular, the three amigos, um, uh, you know, he let me watch Batman, like those sorts, mm -hmm. like he was the one that was like showing me movies. And I remember I was at his house one day and I said something along the lines of, 
oh, this just couldn't get any worse, or at least it couldn't get worse than this or something along those lines. And he said, have you ever seen young Frankenstein? And I didn't know what he was talking about. And so he's like, you got to watch this movie right now. And so he and I sat down that, that afternoon. I think I I was pretty young. He was babysitting me. Um, And uh, that was my introduction to young Frankenstein. And ever since then, it's been sort of like my, uh, my touchstone for, for humor and for comedy, right? Yeah. Like this movie, this movie and, and movies of its ilk, like have really shaped, especially my sense of humor and the way that I think of movies and comedy. And it's a lot to do with his influence and this movie in particular. So this movie's also been really special to me for a very long time, both because it's a great and really hilarious movie and because of my connection to it through my grandfather. Um, and I've wanted to get it on the podcast forever. And when Ben said that you really loved it and you wanted to come on, yeah. that made me so happy just because it, I love, I love the idea of it being a connection for, for me and my family and for you and your son and your father. I think it's really beautiful. And I think that's, I don't know. It's just one thing that I'm so grateful for this podcast and this little movie club community and for uh, Matt and Ben and all of our guests that come on like Leo, like, all of this stuff is just so wildly important to me and so much fun. And I just, Mm -hmm. I just love hearing your experience, you know, living it vicariously through you, Leo. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a really cool thing to share with everyone, but I've loved this movie for, for a very long time and it still holds up. I, I watched it this afternoon after work and, uh, it's fun to watch it now. Um, a little bit older and different things are funny now, you know what I mean? Like, you pick yeah. up on different things. And um, I think it just speaks to the type of, you know, the, the, the craftsmanship of it and, and, and how much these people, you really get a sense of how much they enjoyed making this movie and everything mm. I've read about it. Most people that worked on the movie, it's one of their favorite movies they've ever done. And I think it really shows through. And I think maybe that's the reason it connects so well is because it's just so much fun and everyone yeah. seems like they're having fun. Everyone's mm-hmm. in on the joke. And it's just, uh, I don't know. It's really cool. I'm really glad we're, I'm really glad we're here talking about it. I think it's probably a different kind of setup or whatever, but it watching these movies like blazing saddles and stuff, it, it makes me think it's kind of the modern versions of like these Adam McKay, Will Ferrell movies. I get yeah. that with the Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder mm-hmm. where it's like, you have totally. two great comedic minds who are probably rewriting some stuff in the moment. You know, it's like, Oh, let's try this. Let's do that. You know, it's just like, these sets just must've been great, you know, to be on. And Oh my gosh. I mean, I think mm. this could, this could turn into a quote along, which it kind of was when I saw <laughs> it like most recently, cause uh, Bruvies, one of our theaters here was playing it for free a couple of weeks ago. So we went there for like a Sunday brunch and watched it. And it was like, not, it, it was one of those good moments where people could, you know, go along with the joke or, you know, yell it yeah. out as it happened, you know, like mm-hmm. even though it wasn't the kind of setup that it was, it's just that anyone that's here at noon on Sunday to watch Young Frankenstein is here <laughs> right. to watch this movie. You know, no one's like, oh, let's check it out for the first time. Right. So it was really cool to like be in there with this theater full of people who love this movie and want to check it out. And it was just such a great experience. And these theater experiences, like you mentioned Borat. I mean, just so happens, Andrew, you know, again, who nominated this last month of the rounds, he and I saw Borat together. And I honestly think we were alone. Like we must have seen it in the middle oh, of the wow. day or something. And I, that was like one of the hardest I've ever laughed in a theater. Like I, we were both Same. crying, you know, <laughs> it was just like, what is this movie? And this sounds so weird stupid. to say, cause it's like such a different kind of humor and stuff, but I just never seen anything like it. And it just like, it, it cut me, you know, to the core, but mm-hmm. um, it's these theater experiences that you share with people and movies and all that kind of stuff. That like, it's, it's got such a great importance. And I think that's again, you know, not to get all sentimental, but why I'm so glad you're here, dad. And just like why we're doing this, like getting to share all this stuff and talk about these experiences. It's really cool. Yeah. I I love hearing those stories from you too. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. Buzz. Oh, thank you. It gave me goosebumps. <laughs> you know, it's really cool because it is, you know, it is really special to me because it was something I was able to share with my dad that way. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, it's something I never forgot. And we saw every Mel Brooks movie after that, you know? Yeah. But it, so how could it's, you not? yeah, I, I was actually reading in Mel Brooks uh, autobiography today and about making this movie and they were making um, Blazing Saddles and he saw Gene riding on a pad mm. and he said, 
come on, let's have lunch. What are you, what are you writing? And he said, oh, I've got this thing about the, this doctor who is from the Frankensteins, but he refu- he think refuses to believe it, but he's really insane, and but he doesn't think so, and he's it's in his blood. And he said, really? He said, yeah. And he says, tell me about. It. And they told him more about the movie. And he says, you have any money on you? And he said, yeah, fifty six bucks. He said, he said, what's your thought? What do you want to happen? He says, well, I want you to write it with me, and then I want you to direct it. Oh, he said wow. that to Mel Brooks, and Mel said, hmm. He said, oh, you have any money on you? He said, yeah, I got 56 bucks. He said, give me the 56 bucks as a down payment. I'll work on it. If I like the script, I'll direct it. <laughs> wow. That's and amazing. they worked on it. They, it all happened. And then when they cast it, um, the guy who was um, Gene, ha- Gene, Gene, uh, Gene Wilder. Wilder's yeah. agent at the time, who became uh, some famous studio you know, leader, but called Gene and said, I hear you're working on this script. Is there any part in it for um, Marty Feldman and uh, Peter Boyle? <laughs> and he said, is- um, Mel was there and he said, why are you asking? He said, well, I don't just represent you. I'm now represent those two. They're new clients of mine. And I was oh, wow. wondering if I can get them a job. <laughs> and Mel was writing in there. He says, sometimes God looks down on you. Yeah. And he said, that <laughs> totally. was that day. He huh. said, because uh, we were we were just thinking about what are we going to do for Igor? What will we do? You know, and he said, God looked down on us that day. <laughs> That's <laughs> that awesome. magic. So many of these people feel like they were written for that role. So it's cool to learn. that It was just like just so happened to work you out know? that way. Yeah. And at Madeline Kahn, they wrote the role for and Cloris Leishman. Blucher was just because he said someone had told him that Blucher was blue uh-huh. in German. He said, which was wrong. But he said, that's uh-huh. one, one reason the ho- horses whinnied every time. Oh, they said awesome. Blucher. That's so cool. <laughs> it was just one of the reasons. But it was just, it was funny reading that. But the guy that did the sets for the original 1931 um, Frankenstein film yeah. had all the original parts many of the original parts like all the things where the lightning bolts go up yeah he had them in his garage oh wow and all the things you, most of the things you see in there all the big things around those are from the original movie yeah oh that's wow. amazing apparently he wasn't credited in the original frankenstein and so mel brooks rented that equipment from him paid him for the equipment and then yeah credited him as in the credits of this film so he was able to like you know, that's make cool. some money off of it and, and finally get his due for it. I thought that was really cool. That's awesome. I, I realized those are, yeah, but same that, sets. That's Mel. I mean, Mel yeah. is just such a good human being. Yeah. How about you? What was your, your first experience with this movie? I, I guess it's time for another dad story. We're a dad podcast. We're um, a dad pod. <laughs> Yeah, but working my dad, on my dad pod. <laughs> it's it's well documented on here that my dad imposed a lot of his taste and his favorite things on uh, me and my siblings uh, when it comes to pop culture. But I I credit my dad for uh, my pop culture savvy, uh, primarily stuff that was done prior to 1980. Uh, but he brought mm-hmm. home a lot, like all kinds of old comedies. My dad's a big Marx Brothers guy, um, mm. and. Uh, Mel Brooks, you know, he he brought home a ton of Mel Brooks, and mm-hmm. a, among his favorites is Young Frankenstein as well. Um, so I, I grew an affinity for this movie. I actually hadn't seen it since I was a kid, probably. Oh wow! Um, I think I had held off on it because I wasn't. Sometimes you have like you hold something to such high esteem, and then you watch other stuff that you enjoyed as a kid, and they don't hold up. And so, like, yeah. right, I kind of kept this one. You know, and on the want shelf. to keep the memory of the good. Yeah, yeah, yeah just exactly. want to get disappointed yeah. by seeing it again and having exactly. it down. Yeah. yeah, and so like I had remembered some of the scenes from this um, fairly well, uh, but I was just like thrilled revisiting this again and just seeing like how well it holds up. And I can't really speak to this movie without, I guess, talking about what. So my cousin does improv in L.A., mm-hmm. and oh, that's uh, cool. I, I think about what she explained to me about why improv is so funny. And I don't, I'm not sure how much of this movie was improvised versus written. I'm assuming that there was some improv in there, but mostly written. Yeah. Um, but she was explaining to me what's so funny about improv is when you take, you know, something that, that is supposed to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. but you just put something totally absurd in there, but everyone 
is acting like it's serious. And that's what makes Mm -hmm. improv funny. Now, it's not when people are trying to crack jokes and try to make each other laugh. It's really when people are earnestly playing a totally absurd, you know, character. And (laughs) yeah, I'm watching this and they're they're filming this, you know, like, you know, paying homage to the classic horror movies. They're following Mm -hmm. all the horror beats. But you'd have just this wild Gene Wilder playing <laughs> probably yeah. the most dramatic performance I've ever seen. Like, yeah. it's, he shouts 90 percent of his lines <laughs> in the movie um, and just ke- keeps that wild gaze. And I'm just like, this is and, and then you just read what the premise is like. This is the funniest thing I have mm-hmm. ever seen or heard of. And it's just crazy how much it holds up. Like, if you're just to read what this movie is about. And then watch that first scene where like the first student's like, oh, Mr. Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein. It's like <laughs> this. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I have one question, Dr. Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. <laughs> I think it's a great point of like playing it straight and making it so funny because yeah. he's like, he's so mad that this person <laughs> called him Frankenstein because yeah. he's trying to distance himself from that name. Just like, it's yeah. Frankenstein. It's like, that's the funniest <laughs> way that you I could choose like to say this. I feel like there are a few people that can do the, the crazy eyes better than Gene Wilder. Is oh, there yeah. anybody? It was yeah, even watching like growing up watching Willy Wonka and stuff. I'm like, this guy might genuinely be insane. <laughs> like, even yeah. in black and white. He it's always kind of scared mm-hmm. me. Wild. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, I'd love to talk about that movie too, but um, it was interesting because I was reading in that book today about how when he, cause they had two and a half weeks of rehearsals before they went and started filming. Okay, because yeah. Mel said it allowed them to get comfortable with the scripting, get comfortable with each other, which I think is brilliant. Mm-hmm. But the thing I liked about that was he said when he sat everybody down at the very first reading of the script, he said, now, the important thing here, and he said he repeated it a couple times, is this is a broad comedy. It's a hilarious comedy. But every single one in you, of you, this is deadly serious. Mm-hmm. You never, every one of you, who your, your characters, yeah. this is deadly serious. Mm-hmm. There's nothing right. funny to any of you in this. You right. never play to the camera. You never play to the audience because this is de- life and death to you. Love that. Yeah. And that's the thing that makes it broad comedy. It makes it funny. But yep. I've, you know, I've acted a lot in my life. And, and that's the thing is if you're acting well, you have to play it. The comedy will come off on its own. Mm-hmm. Right. But you have to live in your own world. And then they play off the comedy. They see the comedy in that. But if you go to the audience like wink, wink, mm-hmm. it takes that away from them. Yep. And you lose the whole funny, whatever's funny in it. Yeah, that's true. I think the only person that kind of does this throughout the movie is Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman. Oh, but sure. I think it's like it's played for that role and the fact that it's only one person out of this and not the whole yeah. cast. You know, yeah. like I think it's like wink, by wink. design. It's kind of like you take yeah, the exactly. blonde, I'll take the one in the toyman. Oh my, that's like yeah. my favorite line of the whole movie. I think it's so funny, you know, or when she shows up, he's like, my love, my love. Like, and then Marty Feldman does it while he goes to walk away. Like surprise. I, uh, yes. Love me. Well, well, let's turn in. Oh. Yes. Say nothing. Act casual. Ready? Yes. He's he's fantastic. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about him later on, but um, oh yeah. Oh my God. Now, this I was, love this Marty Feldman. He's yeah, he was wonderful. This was, uh, I mean, this would be on the Marty Feldman Rushmore without a doubt. This has got to be <laughs> one of his best ever. So, oh God, yeah. But I do. I mean, we just kind of mentioned Willy Wonka. Um, I mean, both of these guys. There's two heavy hitters. I mean, there's a lot of great people. Madeline Kahn, obviously of mixed nuts fame, here on the pod. We mm-hmm. love Madeline Kahn. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, everyone in here is great. That's, this is when I learned that, you know, uh, Ray Romano's dad did more than just that. You know, I was like, oh, this was Frankenstein. Okay, cool. Like, I didn't put that together at the time. So, I mean, plenty of great people here. But I do think, without a doubt, the big two, we get are Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. Like, the, this is their movie or these two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm kind of curious. Uh, dad, I mean, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. But I'd like to talk about these two guys briefly. Just, you know, do you remember what your first Mel Brooks movie was? And in regards to Gene Wilder, I'm kind of curious, you know, what, what role you remember him for? Like, is it this, is it, you know, Frankenstein, is there something else? I think, you know, we all have a different thing that we think about 
when it comes oh. to Gene Wilder. So, um, yeah, I just kind of want to talk about those There's so two many things. roles for Gene Wilder that I remember. Yeah. But I think this was the first one. I, I'd seen him in The Producers. Okay, and yeah. I think The Producers was my very first Mel Brooks film. Oh, okay. But I was I was younger. So it was a funny, good movie. Mm-hmm. And, and Zero Mostel played him so broad, the uh, Bialystok, so broad. And it was a funny movie. Mm-hmm. But this is the one that just sort of focused me down on Mel Brooks and had me going. Because I'm trying to think. And I'm, I'm saying that I saw um, Blazing Saddles first. I actually saw this first with my dad. Then I saw Blazing Saddles. Gotcha. Yeah. So I didn't. I, I saw him in reverse order. That makes sense. Um, so this was the first one where Gene Wilder was like the leading man. Mm-hmm. This is his first real leading man type role. Oh, I didn't know that. That's and interesting. I think he's brilliant in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. This gotta be it's, one it of surprised best. me that this was his first leading man role because he is so good at it. You would think he's been doing this for a while. But I think the Gene Wilder role that stands out to me is Willy Wonka. Yeah. It's magic. Yeah. It's magic because when I was a kid, those books were magic to me. They were my part of my escape. Mm-hmm. I read Willy Wonka and I, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Char- uh, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, the sequel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I read those over and over and over. I loved those books. Yeah, he was he was perfect for that. Matt, what about you? Do you remember your first Mel Brooks and, you know, yeah, what are your thoughts on Gene Wilder? So I, I got a big chunk of it. I don't really remember most of them. The ones I remember the most are Spaceballs, Robin Hood, um, Young Frankenstein, Producers. I saw High Anxiety. I remember really loving it. But when I was looking it up, I, I don't remember much about it. I'm just reading the plot of it. But that is Hitchcock I, satire, right? Is yeah. Yes. It yeah. Is. yeah. It is. And uh, so I remember liking that one a lot. I don't remember a lot from it, so I'd probably need to watch that again. Uh, but Spaceballs is the one I think that I first saw um, and, you know, spent my childhood quoting it. Mm-hmm. It's just got so much, so much great stuff in it. Um, and then Gene Wilder. Yeah, I'm totally Wonka. Wonka with Wilder. Yeah. Uh, but this one, I mean, as Tyler was sort of saying, like, Gene Wilder just like dominate. His presence is so dominating in this movie that uh it's a uh, this might this might take over my favorite gene wilder movie i don't know but what right now it's wonka yeah it's hard to top that without a doubt yeah i think honestly my favorite gene wilder performance might be young frankenstein and that's also my first introduction to mel brooks i may have seen Spaceballs first uh but when i i knew i was watching a mel brooks movie when i watched young frankenstein because my grandfather told yeah. me so he's like this is mel brooks this is Gene Wilder. This is Young Frankenstein. So on and so forth. And so I'd have to go with Young Frankenstein for my first Mel, Mel Brooks experience. Despite me thinking this might be Gene Wilder's best performance that I've seen, I still think of Willy Wonka. It's just so, it's just so burned into my mind. I mean, but I, for all the reasons that everyone would expect, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah, when I think of Gene Wilder, I think of Willy Wonka, and it's like. G, we we talked about it a little bit earlier. He Gene Wilder seems to have that like that wild man, the, the touch the of the energy, wild man, yeah. the touch of the insane almost. You know, like I don't I don't know Gene Wilder at all, but for some for some reason he just seems to embody Willy Wonka, right? Like it's not it doesn't seem to be much of a stretch that he could actually be Willy Wonka. Like he just yeah. has those crazy eyes. You know what I mean? So I just think they're 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 like a you know, two sides of the same coin or something. You know? For so sure. For me, I'll always think of Willy Wonka when I think of uh, Gene Wilder. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Ben? I mean, I, I think I, I probably have to echo that, you know, in my heart, Willy Wonka is just like the first thing I think of. I, I did want to use this as an opportunity though, to talk about see no evil, hear no evil, which he did with Richard Pryor. I mean, they did a few movies together. Oh, it's like my that. God, their movies are brilliant. They're so good. And like, yeah, I mean, they Willy are. Wonka, it's just, it's what everyone's going to know him for. And that's totally understandable. But I, I guess I would just want to shout out, see no evil, hear no evil for anybody so who has seen it. Uh, it's a wonderful movie. Um, in it, let's see, Richard Pryor is deaf and 
no, Richard Pryor is blind and Gene Hackman is deaf. And they are both at the scene of a crime, but obviously they both only have like half of the story kind of thing. <laughs> and it just got some of the most hilarious scenes ever. You know, the <laughs> Gene Wilder just asking him, like, you really can't hear anything. He's like, I don't know. Let's try. And he just yells as loud as he can in his ears. <laughs> I want you to hear me. Okay. Shazam! Can you hear me? Oh. What? Wally! What? Wally! What? Jesus! I heard something! I heard! I heard your voice! You heard me! Wally! I heard your voice! You can hear me, Dave! What? You can hear me! No, I'm fucking deaf. I can't (laughs) hear anything, you know? Just like both of their like chemistry together is so magic together. They They really were. were. And I think crazy is like obviously like maybe the more recognized and more more well known one, but I I love seeing Movil Hear No Evil so much. So um definitely shout that out. And if you're listening and somehow haven't seen Willy Wonka, obviously like that's Gene Wilder without yeah. I love that you I, saw I hear, I hear stir crazy and I think of that chicken suit. I yeah, it's so, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> love it. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Tyler? Sorry, Tyler. Oh no, it's not important. I just you saw um Young Frankenstein, Ben. You saw it at Bruvies, and I saw yeah. see no evil, hear no evil at Bruvies. Oh really? In a similar oh. situation, yeah. They'll, they'll out, occasionally Rudy's. do you know free showings and stuff, and that's when I saw it. Similar, if you want, there's a lot of people there that were into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it made it a lot of fun. We're open but for I've sponsorship, Bruvies. If you want to hit us up, let us know. Yeah, would, there's if there's one place I want a sponsorship from, <laughs> it's Bruvies. I did drop <laughs> off like a stack of our stickers there. Like this is the perfect place for this. So, nice. Cool. So, yeah. You know, you should talk to them about getting a uh, sponsorship, and then. You could do the podcast at Ruby's. Oh my god! And then invite everybody to come to Ruby's. Leo, have you been you know, watching my dreams? <laughs> well, no, I mean go out yeah. and talk to him. Send yeah. him this podcast. That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that place is perfect. Um, and then yeah, my first one that I saw that I remember anyway is Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm, um, yeah. it, I, it was I just moved to Utah as one of my first birthday sleepovers, and someone put it on again you know to tell you all how far back andrew and i go like i believe i know he was there at least and it may have been for his birthday um i've known him for such a long time um and i just remember watching that movie and i'm someone who the disney robin hood is still probably my favorite of all time uh, right there with you know peter pan i love the kevin costner movie like i i love robin hood and then i watched this movie and i don't think I really understood like what a satire was, you know, I was 10. I don't know what I was really <laughs> yeah. supposed to. And so I'm watching this and, you know, he's like pulling up a, an arrow. Then like, it just rolls down into six of them, you know, or made me a little chastity belt. And I was like, wait, they're, I feel like they're making fun of it, but like in a nice kind of way, you know what I mean? Like they're not in like, a why nice way. Why am I laughing the, at this? Yeah. It's like, they're, they're in on the joke. Like, is this a thing that you can do? Like you can make fun of something and be in on, like, I don't know. It was really, there's such a weird feeling. Um, but like, I love that movie. My intro mm-hmm. to Dave Chappelle, without a doubt, I'm pretty sure my intro to Carrie Elwes as well. Cause I, I don't think I saw princess bride for quite a while. So, um, but I, I love that movie and it, the, even that one kind of gives a nod, you know, to blazing saddles at the end. So I, I like, you know, how there is like a little bit of, uh, th- there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in mm-hmm. Robin Hood men in tights. A black sheriff. He's black. And why not? It worked in Blazing Saddles. Yeah. That was uh, definitely my first, my first Mel Brooks. And I think that just opened it up to like, okay, what else did this guy do? You know? And I, yeah, I think that maybe where Spaceballs came in next, which is still, I mean, shout out Rick Moranis, you know, if you're listening, come on the pod, Rick. (laughs) Like it's Rick. (laughs) Still (laughs) holding. Yeah, please. Please. We've been jammed. Like, oh, I love that movie. (laughs) Yeah, at the risk of this becoming a quotathon, um, I think I want to get into our elevator pitch. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? So this segment is if you are in an elevator with someone and you know you have a few floors to sell them on the movie that we're going to be talking about. Pull out your phone, got YouTube, get to pick your favorite clip. What are you showing people from Young Frankenstein that haven't seen it before to to sell them on the movie to get them to watch it? I would show 
when he uh when dr frankenstein gets off the train and meets igor on the train platform yeah because i I think that scene yeah perfectly encapsulates the type of humor you're gonna get it sets up a lot of the running jokes that you're gonna get yeah um and it's just it's it's one of those moments in the movie where you know it's the the atmosphere with the fog and everything and it's transylvania and Mm -hmm. it's sort of like that mix of like kind of spooky like you could show it to someone and they might think they're they're in for a horror movie. So I think if you're like pulling up a clip on your phone, they they think they're in for one thing and then they get this absolutely absurd interaction <laughs> between he and Igor, the walk this way bit which apparently oh <laughs> influenced the Aerosmith song Watch Walk This Way. Oh, really? Tyler oh. apparently I read this in the IMDb trivia, so um, That's awesome. But he saw the movie and then he went and wrote the song Walk This Way because of this movie. So Walk this way. This way. I think I would show that scene. There's a, I mean, this, this sort of is, we talk about this a lot. It's a dartboard movie, right? Like yeah. you can show pretty much any scene here, but I personally don't like to show scenes that are too spoilery. And I feel like this sets you up for exactly what you're going to get out of this movie. You'll, you'll know exactly what to expect after watching. Yeah. Scene. You pronounce it Friedrich. <laughs> like, no, <I> was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I love that. Oh man. That's a great pick Tyler. All right. So Thank yeah, you, man. I, one, one thing that uh, I was struck by this movie was obviously like there's tons of hilarious scenes in this, but like I really loved the shots that they were the shots that they did in this movie and like mm-hmm. it looks black, really cool black and white is a really fun uh medium to play in and with the with the horror movies that they're paying homage to i felt like they just had a ton of cool stuff that they did with this movie and so oh, yeah. one thing that both played on the comedy and like the shots that i just loved that i was just kind of awestruck with with was when they he's he's about to revive the creature mm-hmm. and igor and um the assistant are there and they're they're winding the thing to raise up the the creature to the roof and gene wilder is just on this crazy <laughs> monologue yeah and like it, it's switching shots to like his shadow on the wall as he's being raised like lightning is striking and like his just wild eyes and he's like shouting i'm like this this is just a master performance right yeah. this, this monologue and then like like we're, we're somewhat familiar with those monologues because it, it's like over dramatized. Like we've seen that before and other things. But like if you just like listen to what he's saying and just like how absurd and over the top it is, it's just like so <laughs> funny. And so that's the one that I'd pull, pull out on my phone to show someone. Totally. And it's really I mean, it's just him. But like even his hair is perfect for this yeah. role. Like it's yeah. just mm-hmm. as like chaotic mm-hmm. and like, yeah, kind of combed it. over. But like, yeah, <laughs> like does it need? But yeah, it's yeah, it's awesome. One of my favorite things to do when I'm watching a movie for the podcast is try to pick out what Matt's elevator scene is going to be. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> you love to pick you love to pick the scenes that are the you've never seen this in a movie before. Yeah. I have a taste for the bizarre. Yeah. And one thing I like about your pick here is we've seen this scene before we've seen the mad scientist scene before, but there's just like the unique way that Gene Wilder can do this. And the unique, the unique way that this movie does this is perfect. So I, I love that you, um, you're always true to your brand. Even when you, even when you like go, even when I sell out a little bit, yeah, <laughs> Thank you, you're always true to yourself. True. I love it. A sincere sellout. <laughs> the one I love, it, there's a couple I love, but, um, I think when they find the cigar in the room mm. and they've gone down there, you know, it's like, let the candle serve. The oh, candle yeah. serve. Put it back. You know, and they get by <laughs> get into the room. And yeah. they've heard the the violin music and they finally get down there. Yeah. And he he, he turns on Flau Blucher and she, you know, that whole scene <laughs> yeah. of going in there and they find the book and they find all the papers and there's, and then she comes in and he says, it was you. Yes, no. it was your yeah. cigar. Yes, yeah. you knew him. Yes, say it, say it. He was my boyfriend. You know, I mean, that whole scene is brilliant. The way they lit it, the way they showed everything. Oh, I love that. You know, it's so good. Yeah, that scene leading into it, the the bookcase. You know, put the candle the back. And just- put the candle back. Put. 
That was one of my favorites. <laughs> um, that was, yeah, that was my, my runner up, but my, my favorite scene here, I mean, it is in a sense, it's a spoiler, but you know, I think in any Frankenstein movie, you know, the, the creature gets, you know, comes to life and all that kind of stuff. So I, I love the spin on it that they do here uh, with putting on the Ritz. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just God. my, my favorite scenes yeah. of all time ever, you know, in anything, Cause like, yeah, when they first introduce him and he, he's walking out slow and it's like, Oh, that's basic, you know, balance and all that kind of stuff. It's like, now we're going to show you something even more. And then all of a sudden like <laughs> they're in tuxes and he starts on the and like, and you're he guy. <laughs> it's so good. And then they cut to him and it's like, you know, so that it's just like him, like yelling out, like putting on the wrist. <laughs> <just, laughs> so good. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Not in beat, not in tune, nothing, but it's like, oh, I, I love that scene so much. I was just like yeah. laughing, crying it, again, like in Bruvies, watching with other people. Um, it's just kind of a great experience. But I, yeah, I, I love that scene a lot just for a lot of reasons. Like, again, you know, it's almost like the mad scientist thing. Like we've seen them, yeah. you know, release. It, it reminded me kind of of King Kong. You know, it's like we bring in the beast, we show them to a crowd and then obviously something goes wrong, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And this was like a, just a different version of it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the light explodes and all that kind of stuff. But putting on the well, Ritz so is just one of the best. When I said earlier that watching this movie now, I under like I get different jokes. That's one joke in particular that I didn't understand when I was young. I thought it was funny just because the monster singing and dancing when I was a yeah, kid, yeah. right? And that is funny. But like what you're saying is it's a it's a it's a spin on the the demonstration of the monster's the capabilities, right? Yeah. yeah. And the joke really landed for me again tonight. Like the, that the putting on the Ritz thing. I was looking forward to it the whole movie because I just I knew it was coming. But it really landed with me in a way that I wasn't expecting this time. It's like, oh, wait, that's what that joke is doing. I, <laughs> yeah. I get it now. And it's just so hilarious. It's so it's absurd. I love it. Yeah. My backup was the, um, did you get uh, so-and-so's brain? Professor oh, so-and-so. Oh, uh, not exactly. <laughs> uh, well, whose brain did you get? Um, Abby someone. <laughs> Abby who? I'd be normal. <laughs> I'd be normal. What? Oh. I love that you, whole scene. And you won't be mad. Yeah. You won't be I'm, mad. So I, won't won't be mad. I won't be mad at all. You got me in that normal brain. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So good. I, yeah. Such a good movie. Yeah. Honestly, again, I said it's, it's a dartboard movie. We could probably talk about every scene from this oh, movie. Sure. Like they're they're all hilarious. Well, the whole movie. The, I mean, it's like, well, if monster got part of your brain, what did you get? Oh yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> there, like, there's there's so much payoff, like in all the jokes. You know, like you talked about like Tyler at the train station, and like it just goes on throughout. And yeah, there's, I mean, oh. there's a part of me that thinks that uh, this movie was written specifically for that last that final joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, had to be. Exactly. They're just it trying to tell to the be. longest dick joke in history. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And even, um, you know, you talked to that about Kenneth Mars, the inspector camp and his arm, you know, and like that whole just yeah. physical comedy is also there when they go in for the demonstration, the other guy has to like knock his arm down. It's in his way. <laughs> and then when he gets so riled up that his accent becomes like unintelligible and everyone's like, what? And then he's like, Oh, okay, it's this, you know. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> and when he wants to light a oh. cigar, he puts his hand in the fireplace and lights yeah, it. Exactly. Like, <laughs> oh man, just everything about this movie. I, I love it so much. I'm really glad that we revisited it. So many mo- yeah, I mean, along with these great moments, obviously a lot of it comes from the cast that Mel Brooks put together. Uh, so I think it's time for us to jump to our Apollonia Award. Um, or our Lee Van Cleef award, you know, like we're, we're, we're figuring out what we're going to call it, but, um, essentially this is broken down to its simplest terms, the best supporting actor in the movie. This came about after season one, when we watched purple rain, uh, and Tyler brought up, you know, like Apollonia just kind of like 
out like it just outlives that movie so to speak like it's the thing you think about you know um obviously there's prints in the soundtrack and all that but apollonia just exists because of this um and so we want to talk about our favorite supporting actors in this movie uh so outside of gene wilder who would you pick um who was the star for you um and let's see tyler do you want to go first yeah sure um and this is actually so i had a revelation because of this award and because of this movie when we watched um I forget which one it is at the moment, but um, the the fistful round, the fistful of dollars yeah. round. There is one movie where he visits an old prospector in a shack by the train station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I talked about that I'm a sucker for that trope, that character, the the strange person in a strange house, you know, whatever. And I think that I fell in love with that trope because of this movie and because of Gene Hackman and mm. the Blind Man, and and I it really like hit me as I was, you know, preparing to do this episode. And I was thinking about things. I'm like, wait a minute. That's where this comes from. That's where I <laughs> like this so much is because of, I, I really do think it's because of this scene with Gene Hackman, the blind man in the shack when he, when he yeah. hangs out with the monster. And so that was like, it was like a lightning bolt. Like, like, it's like, Holy yeah. shit. I just, I just figured something out about myself. And so that's what <laughs> I would go with. I'm going to go with G, Gene Hackman, the blind man in the shack praying to God for, for some companionship nice. and uh, boy, does he get it? Um, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really fun scene, but for me, I think it just was like, I just liked that. I learned something about myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and there's Gene good. Hackman. Like that's insane. Like it's Gene crazy. Hackman yeah. Is just Royal doing this little bit role and it's so fun. <laughs> it's so nuts. Yeah. Matt, how about you? Who's your Apollonia winner? I, I'm going to resist making a Tyler pick and I'm not going to <laughs> choose the castle. Oh, you got to <laughs> just like Helm's deep. Not yeah. Helm's, Helm's deep. The, the castle. So oh. in our, in our uh, two towers episode, I chose Helm's deep as my favorite supporting actor. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Famous okay. actor Helm's deep. <laughs> when you yeah. think of the two towers, tell me you don't think about Helm's deep. I mean, it's true. It's a fair it's point. True. Yeah, it's true. Um, I got to go. I mean, lines. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As Ben noted earlier, I'm a, I'm a big mixed nuts guy. Mixed nuts is my unsung gem. I have mm-hmm. to go with my girl, Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Nice. I love her. And I, feel I love like you'd her have been and everything. Kicked off the pod if you didn't pick. I had to pick. I would have been. I would have been. And if you guys had kicked me off, the fans would have come on and made sure right. that I didn't record another episode. So, <laughs> really, when she's it's like, the darling tap," and he whispers it in her ear. No, no, the dress. It's staff it. It's going to be cool. That their intro scene of him leaving on the train is just. Oh it's my god! Fantastic. <laughs> he's spitting out her hair. <laughs> just, come on. And I, yeah, I think she's up there with Gene Hackman as far as like doing the most with the least amount of screen time. Like she yeah. really makes everything oh work because we really start totally. at the beginning and end. But she she leaves her mark in this movie, totally. which is fantastic. I, I agree completely. I mean, she sets it up very beautifully in the beginning. Yeah, it's. Um, I think for best supporting actress, if you're looking at it that level, as far mm-hmm. as. Because I, when you said that in the beginning, I thought, oh, it's got to be Marty Feldman. But yeah. it's, I see where you're going with this. Then I think it has to be the patient in the opening scene. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very opening scene with oh, the clip on the neck. <laughs> Give like him an that. extra buck. <laughs> guy, yeah. That guy. I love that guy. Yeah. He's the one that made the biggest impression on me when I first saw it. <laughs> oh, that's so I love that scene. Yeah. So it's got to be him. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's a great pick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll ride those coattails that you were mentioning, Dad. And I, I mean, I do think Marty Feldman is probably up there, you know, as far as my pick. Uh, we, as we talked about, he is kind of, he is like the one person that's given the comic relief in the yeah. comic. Like he's allowed to play it funny uh, where everyone else is playing it so serious. But I think that's kind of just what makes this movie so magic is his fourth wall right. breaking, is his little, the hump moving spots, you know, the, <laughs> You take the blonde, I'll take so the one in the funny. turban. Like all that kind of stuff is is so good. Um, His hump it, line was not in the script. Oh, really? Yeah. When Gene Hackman, that was a whole thing with Gene Hackman about I'm a brilliant surgeon, I can remove your hump. And him looking at him going, what hump? 
That wasn't in the script. That was completely. And Mel Brooks, I don't mean to cut you off, but I no, just this, and I think this this is worth it because they said they couldn't get through scenes being filmed because he was filming them three and four times because the crew would break up too much. <laughs> so he went out and he bought a hundred white handkerchiefs and he handed out to everybody in the crew and he said, "Stuff these in your mouth." <laughs> I can't afford for you to laugh. That's awesome. That's awesome. Here I was after doing all that. I hadn't saved one for myself. And then when they did this scene, I almost, I almost, I was blurting. <laughs> he said, That's I didn't expect that. And I'm like, you know, he said, I almost blew it. But oh, that's so, so funny. When Marvin Feldman just looked at him and went, what hump? <laughs> I was done. I was done. It's such a good scene. Yeah, they played off each other so well. So yeah, I think. Well, apparently the hump moving was uh, was improved by Feldman as well. Oh really? Exactly. He just, he just oh, was I'm doing it as a prank. Like he's like, I'll just see if anyone notices. And it took a, a few days of shooting, and then finally some of the crew was like, "Wasn't your hump supposed to be nice. on that side?" And they just That's kept awesome. it in the movie. I love stuff like that. I think they so did that fun. too in um, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Like I think. The, moves king, the, mole around, the right? moles like yeah. moving around the whole time, which is kind of funny yeah. too. So that's what he said. Every uh, the every scene he was in, the mole had moved. That's awesome. In the book, he said every scene he was in, they moved the mole. That's so good. But, I, but, I love that. <laughs> I think if we're going up to that level of supporting actor, Marty Feldman steals the movie. So it yeah, he's got to. I agree sure. with you. Yeah. yeah. He's great. But honestly, again, like all of them, like Cloris Leachman was just amazing in this and then obviously yeah. terry gar as our, our intro to her a role in the hay you know all that's oh something else God. when you realize what kind of humor we're getting here it's like oh, okay <laughs> cool. like, oh what knockers oh thank you um well i loved when madeline khan shows up and she goes what exactly is it that you do do <laughs> oh i don't know i have to see experiments and i met gene hackman so like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was just like oh, so good there's yeah I, I love this movie so much i think let's yeah let's wrap this up here let's go into our rushmore mountain these are or scrubs oh are they Uh, we are going to do Mel Brooks for this Rushmore, which I'm excited about. So we're each going to pick one Mel Brooks film, whether he was, you know, a writer, producer, director, anything like that. We're going to pick that and compile our four top Mel Brooks projects. Um, so I'm excited to see if Young Frankenstein makes it or what will make it. I have to say this uh, this film because. I think he was at the height of his career and his talents at this movie because he had the cast, he had a great script, and everyone gelled, the, the, and the message of the movie was there. And it was the funniest thing I think he ever did. And yeah. I love this film. It's my personal favorite. Cool. I think Absolutely. That's, I mean, yeah. in, in all honesty, this, this movie would be my pick as well. Um, but since Brushmore has four faces on it, we have to pick four movies. Um, yeah. I'm going to go gotcha. with Men in Tights. <laughs> no, that's that's okay. Um, I mean, to to be to be quite honest, there was there's three movies that I was thinking of. Um, I think Young Frankenstein would be my pick. Um, but Men in Tights is a movie that I sort of discovered on my own. You know, it's like one of those movies. Mm-hmm. It's like I came across on my own. Like how I don't remember exactly how I came across it. Um, and it's been, you know, one of my little personal favorites. Again, that's where I discovered Dave Chappelle. Um, I knew Carrie Elwes. How do you say that? Is that how you say it? El- yeah, I think Elwes? so. Carrie Elwes. Elwes. Yeah. Elwes. Um, I knew of him from, you know, the Princess Bride. So that was one moment. That was one of the first moments that I could remember being like, hey, that's the guy that did the thing and the other thing. You know, like it was one yeah, of those, yeah. the first times that I started to recognize the peek behind the curtain, right? That moment mm-hmm. where you're like, Oh, this guy was this person in this thing. This woman was this, this anyways. So I'll go with men in tights because it was like a, a little personal discovery. I think it was on like HBO or something one day. And I think Ben, nice. a, a similar experience like you, I was like, Oh, I like, I like Robin hood. Let's, you know, let's see what this is all about. And it, it kind of blew my mind, the the type of humor and the, uh, the chastity belt as a concept kind of blew my mind <laughs> when so I was funny. a young man. I was like, yeah, I was like, wait, like, that's I don't know. Just so I'll, I'll go with Men in Tights. I think um, I think there's other movies that might deserve it more, but uh, I'll say Men in Tights. Cool. 
No, Ben Franklin's like a great pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love Excellent. that movie. There, there uh, are some classics that I could have said, but you know, for me, maybe, for me maybe we'll hear about it. Some of the classics we leave off, maybe we'll hear about it from people. But yeah, got to follow our hearts, you know. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm, I'm a big Star Wars guy. And I got into Star Wars probably in tandem of discovering Spaceballs. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of absorbed it all at the same time. Right. Um, so it was kind of fun to like get into like this universe, but also see a spoof in real time. Right. Um, and I I mean, I loved it. I love, you know, John Candy, Bill Pullman, uh, Mel Brooks himself plays, you know, three, three or four yeah. roles in it. Like, yes, it's it's, it's just, just such a, a such a funny movie. Yeah, I, I've just always loved it. And just the idea of, I mean, those characters, it has some of the best lines, like one-liners in it as well. Totally. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just really love Spaceballs. Michael Winslow, you know, Joan Rivers. It's a, like, this cast is yes. Joan Rivers, yeah. amazing. It, when, you, when you talk about one-liners, Spaceballs is like the Mike Tyson of one, <laughs> one-liners. You it know is. what I mean? It's it like, is. It's like all it's one-liners. Just a, it's punch after punch after punch after punch. It's yeah, it's yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. for my pick, I'm gonna cheat here and I'm I'm not gonna pick a movie. I'm actually going with a TV show here, which we normally don't talk about, but I have to go with Get Smart. Um it's just I'm so it was, proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I am so proud of you. <laughs> uh this was yeah, it's created by Mel Brooks. Uh, it's just one of my favorite TV shows growing up. I was a big fan of the whole Nick at Night you know, era, all that kind of stuff that we got to see Mary Tyler Moore, Dick Van Dyke, all that. And I, I, you know, I feel like get smart was the same time frame. uh, seeing Don Adams as Maxwell smart in age 99. I just, this, this show was hilarious to me. The, the shoe phone, you know what I mean? Like all that yeah. kind of stuff the all shoe played phone. so well. Um, that obviously they did a movie of it with Steve Carell. Um, and you know, one of my crush more is Anne Hathaway was in it as well. Um, I think Steve Carell was good for that role, but it's just nothing was going to be like that, that TV show. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to cheat and not pick a movie. I'm going to go with the TV show and get smart is going to take my place on the Rushmore. But I think, um, yeah, those are some, some great picks. We're probably going to hear from people about blazing saddles, but you know, it's (laughs) going to happen. You know, we're, we gotta, like I said, be true to ourselves. So that was, that was the classic that I was talking about, but I'll, you know, in a, in a moment of honesty here, I've actually never seen Blazing Saddles. Okay. Um, I was in a room when it was playing. So I was working, my parents were visiting. It's when I lived in Austin and they were watching it while I was doing my work. And Leo, like you said, they couldn't make this movie now because I turned to them. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys <laughs> watching? Like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's Blazing Saddles. And then I was like, Oh, okay. Like the context really helped. I'm like, okay, I get it now. That's fine. Carry on. You know, like we don't, we don't have to have a talk and watch that movie because it is hilarious. And the whole movie from the beginning, all the way through the credits or through until the credits, because it's just, and you know, who was a kicker in that movie that really surprised me was Harvey Corman. Oh yeah. It, It was brilliant in that film. I love Harvey Corbin. He really was. Well, yeah. I'm due. I'm Headley. due. Headley I've been due Lamar. to watch that for a while. <laughs> no, I just want to watch the Carol Burnett show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Yeah, that's a great Rushmore. I think between the four of those, that's a those are perfect choices. Dad, thank you so much for being here. This lived up to all the hype I had built up in myself. This was so much fun. I'm glad that you came I on. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, seriously, thanks for coming. I had an amazing time. Thank you all for having me. Me too. I mean, what a pleasure. I, I, you, you guys are great. You're warm, you're friendly, and I had a blast. And you're funny. Thank you for having me. Of course. Can't wait thanks, to come Lisa. back. Yeah, we'll we'll have you back for sure. Um, Absolutely. We won't, we won't wait. Vegas trip, so we can do it all in person. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Talk recording in person. Let's do that. Wouldn't that be nice? You'd have to twist okay. my arm to go to Vegas. Just let me know. There's <laughs> yeah. golf and gambling. Golf, gambling, we'll and Leo. It. It's all I need. Yeah. We'll plan it. You got it. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank Take you care. again. Yeah, for coming. This was this was awesome. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting us. Again, you can find us anywhere at Three Films Pod. Uh yeah, stay tuned. Next month we are digging into legacy sequels. Uh, with um, Wakanda Forever coming out, we thought sequels might be a good idea. So we're doing the legacy one. So uh, we're getting 
another month of Tom Cruise. I got to keep my theme going, you know, That's so we'll be, be kicking it off there. Tommy so long live Tom. Yeah. Chalk up your <laughs> billboard or yeah. Billiard cues. And uh, yeah, let's hang out with uh, Tom Cruise. So thanks everyone. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. trooper trying mighty hard to look like gary cooper come let's mix where rockefellers walk with sticks or rumbarellas in their midst